Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome once again to Hang On Soupy, a show powered by Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. I'm your host, Caleb Soupy Spinner. And today I'm joined by a member of the Ohio State baseball team. It's the third baseman, Marcus Ernst. Marcus, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing today? Doing fantastic. Coming off this uh, weekend series at the time of this recording uh, against Northwestern. It was a tough one, but you got the series win. Didn't get the sweep in that last tough game, but a series win to end out the season is a very spectacular feat. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it was awesome to get the series win. It would have been nice to get a win on senior day on Sunday for those seniors, but we'll take a series win. Absolutely. I don't think taking a loss to the Wildcats on senior day takes away from any of the spectacular moment that it was. Those seniors have so many moments to look back in their careers. I don't think a loss takes away from the glamour of the day. No, not at all. I mean, it's a special day for everyone, especially those families and those uh, teammates. Those are special guys and a special group of guys that had a chance to play with. So it was fun to celebrate them before and after the game on Sunday, for sure. We'll talk a little bit about at the end of your uh, about the end of your career at the end of this show. Uh, but first, let's rewind all the way back to the beginning. When and how did your baseball career begin? You know, that's a great question. I've been thinking about that a lot. And I mean, I have early memories from playing when I was seven years old, playing coach pitch. There's videos of me playing T-ball or playing in the backyard when I was two, three years old. So, I mean, it started basically from the beginning. I think um, my parents put a ball and a bat in my hand when I was really young. I think it's kind of just grown ever since then. Were they two people who were instrumental in getting you into the sport? Did they have previous experience or was it just something that you say, hey, mom and dad, I want to play T-ball. And they said, OK, let's do it. No, they were very uh, instrumental, especially my dad. He, uh, so my dad played baseball at the University of Dayton from 90 to 94, I believe, 91 to 94. So he played there for four years and he's been very crucial in my uh, baseball life and baseball development. He's, he's coached me growing up when I was little. He was coaching me from 9U to, I think, 15U. So he's been with me basically every step of the way in this uh, baseball journey. So without him, there's no doubt that I wouldn't be here where I am today. And no doubt he enjoys sitting in the stands watching you go through the or at different universities. So not the same things, but experiencing the high school career and what it's like to play baseball in, or excuse me, in college uh, and what it's like to play in college baseball and balance the school and stuff, which we'll talk about in a minute. But no doubt it's bringing up some memories for him as well uh, while he gets to see you dominate in the scarlet and gray. We talked about your parents, especially your dad. Who were some of the other people who helped you develop your skill in baseball? Uh, there are two kind of guys that come to mind after my father. I'd say it's a summer ball coach named Corey Valentine. He was my coach, I think, for four summers, growing up from about 13U to 17U. So he was one guy that was kind of instrumental in my development, not only on the field, but off the field. And he was also key in the recruiting process for me, getting me out to coaches and communication with college coaches. So he was someone that when I reflect on my uh, college or on my baseball career, getting to college, he was somebody that was crucial in that process. And also my high school coach, uh, his name is Tim Saunders. He was the high school coach there for 34 years, I believe. He just retired this past spring, but he was someone that was also crucial for me growing up in baseball. Very similar to Corey, you know, he had a lot of connections. So he helped a lot with recruiting and reaching out to colleges and getting my name out there a lot. So without those two guys, I also probably wouldn't be in this situation today, so I can't thank them enough for what they've done for me during the process of getting here. What were some of the things you did before during this T-ball age in terms of drills or workouts and stuff like that that got you ready to go in and play high school ball at Dublin Kaufman? You know, it's funny when I think about what I did kind of before high school. It was a lot of – so when, uh, growing up, my dad, he we had an unfinished basement, so he put up a net in our basement, and we had concrete walls in our basement, so he built almost a mini baseball training facility down there for me, so I had a tee and net, 
and then a lacrosse ball and a concrete wall that I would throw off for ground ball work and glove work and then hit into a tee, hit off a tee into a net in our basement. So there were a lot of nights. I think I kept my family up down there hitting baseballs, but you know, it was all worth it. My dad, he loved it and he'd always come down there with me and work out with me down there. So I think just doing that stuff on my own down there helped me a lot. My development kind of helped me fall in love with the game as well. And that helps, I think, show them what since your parents, I mean, since they're putting in so much effort to make this happen, this baseball dream of yours happen, that you're downstairs. I, I don't think they'll be mad that you're keeping them awake using the stuff that they give you and using the resources they give you to get better at this game that you said you wanted to get better at. So I think they're I think they more look at the he's using our investment versus we can't get some sleep. Um, <laughs> now, in baseball, there's several positions you can do. Each one uh, just as different as the one before it. Why did you pick third base? You know, coming into Ohio State, I've never really played third base before. I was always a shortstop, second base pitcher coming in. So third base was pretty foreign to me when I came here. But it was the position that could get me on the field the quickest freshman year. So that's kind of what I went for. And that's where the coaches saw me as a chance to play at. So I went there right away, got to work at it trained really hard at it and I made progress there and was able to fortunate enough to get a little playing time there freshman year. And I think it showed this year I played a little bit there as well, but I've also played other positions like second base, left field. So I think for me, it's just trying to be as versatile as possible on the field, you know, always trying to find my, find a way to get my name in the lineup and wherever that is, that's great for me. If that's third base, if that's second base, that's left field. I won't complain. I'm just going to do whatever I can to help the team out out there. We talk all the time about utilizing opportunities. There's a, a dictionary example of it right there is, hey, there's a spot, I got to fill it. In high school at Dublin Kaufman, you were a three-sport athlete, which we talk about uh, in our previous episodes. We talked about how you balance a schedule and how you manage to do school and sports, which we'll talk about again in a little bit here. But how did you manage to balance taking school out of the equation entirely? How did you balance playing and training for three sports in the same year? You know, it was there were definitely times it was tough and it was frustrating. I'd make some difficult decisions along the way. Um, I would say during the school season, it wasn't as tough as some people might think and the seasons overlapped a little bit. Like I would miss the beginning of basketball practices or the beginning of baseball practices, but I don't think I ever had to overlap games, which was good, but the real, real struggle came in the summer, you know, cause in the summer in high school athletics, all sports are asking and demanding of you. So there are times I'd be at in Florida for baseball, but we'd be having a football seven on seven or football two a days, or we'd be having basketball team camp down in Wake Forest, for example. So there were times I'd make a lot of sacrifices and miss on some of those events. You know, one example I like to give a lot is I was down at IMG Academy in uh, Bradenton, Florida for a summer baseball tournament. And we had our football state seven on seven tournament the same weekend. So me and my dad drove down to Florida on like a Wednesday, I think. And I played Thursday, Friday down there and then flew back on Friday night for the state seven on seven tournament on Saturday. Then flew back down to Florida on Saturday night to finish up the weekend down in Florida on Sunday. So I think that's just one example of how ultimately my family was very helpful and were very encouraging in me playing all three sports. So without them, that wouldn't be possible, but they were very encouraging and allowed me to try and balance as many things as I possibly could in the summer. Those decisions between three things you love, they're never easy. But I think in that, in making that decision, you realize how much passion you have for each of those things. And there's no problem picking one over, over the rest of the decisions, whether it's just a decision between two or a decision between three or more. That's just, you know, again, taking advantage of opportunity, but the passion that you have for all these sports, because you excel equally in all of these, despite being up to your eyeballs and activities and managing these schedules. Uh, you won o OCC Scholar Athlete. That's the conference that Dublin Kaufman was in uh, on your championship basketball team. Second, second team, all OCC at quarterback 
and the Mizuno All-Ohio Honoree in Baseball. So three high awards in each of those sports, one in each of them. What do you attribute these successes to? Was it those late night uh, efforts and those late night workouts or what What was it? You know, I think it's a combination of things. I think one thing was the coaching staff, Dublin Coffin. I think they were very accepting of me playing three sports and they were very encouraging of it, actually. You know, I think of my high school coach, Tim Saunders, that I mentioned earlier, his son is CJ Saunders, who you've probably heard of, who played football here at Ohio State. But he was also a three-sport athlete at Dublin Coffin. He played football, basketball, and baseball as well. So Coach Saunders, he kind of knew what, what it was required of me and what was being asked of me during my time there at Coffin. So he was very helpful and very encouraging of it. So he understood what was going on. And similar to my football coach, Mark Crabtree, and basketball coach, Jamie Collins, they also obviously wanted me to be part of their programs, but they understood how much the other sports meant to me. So they were very helpful along the way as well. And they were allowing me to miss some practices here and there to attend other things for other sports. So I think without them, I wouldn't have been able to do that, but they were very encouraging and very accepting of it. I assume your parents were two of the biggest people who helped you narrow down the decision, but did those two have some input into uh, whether you decided to specialize in baseball, football, or basketball? You know, they, I don't think there was ever really a time where I felt like they were pushing me one way or the other. I think they were, you know, like I said, very encouraging of all three. I think ultimately I made the baseball decision on my own, um, which I don't regret at all. I'm happy with every second I have here at Ohio State and playing baseball. But, um, you know, I don't think that they ever really encouraged me to play one sport or the other. I think, you know, my dad was similar. He played football, basketball, and baseball in high school as well. So he enjoyed all three sports. He's a huge sports fanatic. So I don't think he would have been upset if I chose any of the three. But um, no, I don't think they had a huge impact on my decision. I think ultimately baseball was my choice and one that I'm very happy with. Certainly a fantastic choice. You should be very happy with it. Going back to the school part of things, because you've already talked about how you managed to fly when necessary and get to all these different events for sports. But adding school on top of that is another big ask. I'm sure you were connected with some of your teammates who also studied at Kaufman, especially we've been talking to some of the other people that we've had on the show talking about how their teammates helped them study. Who are some of those guys who you buddied up with uh, to study and make sure your schools didn't fall behind? Yeah, I mean, thinking back on that, there's a lot of guys and teammates and friends I had in high school that were, I was fortunate enough that they had this, they aligned with me and my you know kind of interests and what I wanted to get on my high school experience. They were all athletes as well, and they all took great pride in their academics as well. So I think there was a kind of core group of friends that I had in high school that I was fortunate enough to have similar interests with, and they kind of kept me on the right path in terms of academics and athletics. And we were all able to excel academically. And a few of us were lucky enough to go on and play college athletics, which was a great, a great thing for us. And we we're all very proud of. And I think without my high school friends, it would have made high school a lot tougher. And I don't know if I would have been as successful academically as it was. Baseball, basketball, football, all on the surface. They're completely different sports. But in the end of the day, they all have things that can help you with one another. Off the top of my head, how does, you know, the speed of being a point guard, and the vision of being a quarterback, how do those, do you think, help you now in the college level be a great third baseman? You know, I think you said it perfectly right there with basketball. I think it's just simply the speed and agility and athleticism. I think we're crucial in my development, obviously, as a baseball player and as a basketball player and football player as well. I think basketball brings a great deal of, you know, endurance, conditioning, speed to the game. And I think that I'm able to carry that over a little bit to baseball this year. This past year, especially on the base pads, you know, I think I grew a lot on the base pass as a base runner this year. And I think some of that's attributed to basketball and my basketball pass. So I think that's exactly like you said, the speed and agility is crucial. And then from a football standpoint, I think, you know, as a quarterback, kind of diagnosing pre-snap reads and safeties and coverages, I think kind of play over to baseball in a way, thinking through the game a little bit between each pitch and being able to think through things that you think might happen, what pitches come in, 
you know, what kind of hitters thinking, what's going through his mind. So I think kind of those things overlap in a way. I think obviously they played good dividends for me on the baseball field as well. Not to mention once you field a ball, where am I throwing this? Where's the best place to get this to, right? In case you want to turn a double, in case you want to stop a home steal. Um, that quick thinking, the adaptivity is a word for it, um, is common in football and basketball. And and you can see as soon as you go to an Ohio State baseball game, you can see how it helps you make those decisions. When it came down to narrowing your decision to play in college, what put Ohio State ahead of the other schools? Um, I think one big thing was the people that were here, um, you know, between the coaching staff and Coach Beals, Coach Angle. They were big as wanted me to come here, and they were a big part of why I came here. But also my summer teammates. I had, at the time, I played on a team called Bo Jackson Elite Baseball, and there were guys on the team, there were four of them that came here to play at Ohio State ultimately. I think there's only two of them here now, and my roommate Zach Dezenzo and Nolan Clegg, but they were also on my summer team there, so I became great friends with them, and seeing that they were already committed here, that ultimately drove my decision a little bit more, just being around those guys more. I knew that those were guys that I like to be around, good ball players, good guys, and from good families, so I think the people was the big reason why I came here. And also being close to home is nice for my family. Being able to visit come to almost every home game is also very nice and very convenient. It was great for the program that all that talent decided to stick together. They got one heck of a recruiting class in all four of you guys. We're going to take a minute here to get into Soupy's speed round. For those of you who might not be familiar with this segment, it is our take on the 30 questions in 30 seconds. We are not keeping a leaderboard of how many questions uh, that you are able to answer in this. This is just to get to know you. Um, we'll give you 45 seconds because, as I always say, I like to think these are a little more thought-provoking uh, of questions. But if you're ready, we'll get started. I'll set the timer on my phone here, and we'll get ready to go. All right. Let's do it. All righty. Time begins in three, two, one. Name something on your bucket list. Mm, skydiving. What is your dream job? Uh. Work in the finance department at Nike. Who's the actor who would play you in a movie about your life? Johnny Depp. <laughs> Are you a night owl or an early riser? Uh, it's a night owl. Uh, what is your favorite Halloween costume you've ever worn? Mm, I was a Batman one year, two years ago, Batman. And then last but not least, what gift would you buy yourself right now if money were no object? Tesla. Okay. I get that. Now, big Batman guy? I'm guessing from the Halloween costume, or was that just the kid phase of superheroes that you went through? You know, it was it was, it was a combination of things. It was you know, it was cheap costume at I forget what store I got. It was cheap, and I was also throw it together pretty well, make it look pretty good. So I was pretty proud of that one. Better Halloween costumes in recent years. Have you have you gotten into a certain Batman? Is is Keaton or Kilmer or Christian Bale? Is there a Batman that you're that is your favorite? I'll be honest, I've only ever seen a Batman movie. I just like the costume. <laughs> well, we should have thrown your name in the ring when they were recasting it. We could have had uh, Marcus Ernst playing the Batman this summer. I know. I know. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but it sounds like with everything else, you're you're busy for it. We could have even put the Tesla as the Batmobile. Who knows? Uh, getting back on to our, our main topic of conversation here. During your freshman year at Ohio State, you played 28 games. You started half of those. How did this playing time early in your career kind of validate that you would have a role in the in the uh, in the team? I almost said organization in the team. Uh, aside from we'll just bring him in, we'll sit him up for a few years, and then play him when he's a junior. Yeah, I mean it certainly did. Like you said, it validated kind of the work that I've been putting in 
I think it started in the fall, in the fall season, my freshman year, you know, I think I made a good mark on the program. I showed that I could compete and play at that level, but, you know, I wasn't really expecting that playing time coming in early. And I think it was second day, second game of the season, we were down in Port Charlotte, Florida. And yeah, I kind of be honest, I showed up at the ballpark, wasn't really expecting to play that day, but saw my name on the lineup card and was obviously thrilled and took an opportunity and kind of ran with it and was able to perform a little bit. So I think that just showed that my hard work was paying off and that things I was doing was right. And the coaches believed in me and my teammates believed in me. So that was definitely crucial for me and just my confidence and my success and growth on baseball field. So it's safe to say, based off of that answer, that you were uh, eager to show the coaching staff what you were able to do? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think every freshman comes in that they're kind of eager to show what they can do. Like you said, I mean, everyone kind of comes in different spots, different abilities, and where they think they stand in the coaching staff's eyes and depth part. But I think everyone kind of thinks that they can perform and knows they can perform and just kind of eager to show that. So at what point in your career moving forward would you say that you reached that point where you had shown the coaches everything that you had and everything you were capable of and were able to start making yourself uh, a known member of this team, a known leader of the team? You know, I don't think... In, in a college athlete's eyes, I don't think they ever really reach their full potential. I think that every day that, you know, we're striving to be better and better and we're trying to achieve more and more. Um, so I don't think I've even reached that potential yet. I think I still got strides to make on a field as a hitter, as a defender. I think there's still growth to be made. But I think this year, you know, kind of made my first big splash, I guess, on the team. I think it's made a lot of starts, a lot of appearances this year. I was very happy with my playing time. Obviously, there's room to improve and the numbers could be better statistically, you know, batting average, on base percentage, all that stuff. There's always room to improve. So I think it's just about, you know, keep working hard and keep getting better. And I think ultimately kind of success will follow. Just from being able to talk to you in, in the few minutes that we've been doing this, I can tell that you're a competitor between how dedicated you are to these sports, to you being involved in basically everything you can, everything under the sun at Dublin Kaufman. So I know you look for this. I know you want to uh, uh, to be tested when you step into the batter's box. You don't like the cupcakes. Who are some of the pitchers? who you see, you immediately see them out on the mound and you know they're going to make you work? I'd say from our team specifically, I think it's one guy comes to mind is Garrett Burhan. You know, facing him in the fall is never a fun at bat in inner squads. It's never fun, you know, because he's such a, such a good pitcher, as you've seen throughout the years here. He's very dominant, but he's also very commanding with multiple pitches and his velo has been up. And he's a guy that I've never really enjoyed facing just because he's so consistent and you know exactly what you're getting, which makes it even harder sometimes. So I think Garrett Burhan's one guy that comes to mind. Also a guy like Seth Lonsway, you know, that he's got really good stuff and he can be very difficult at times to face, as you've seen as well. So I think those are two guys that you know, come to mind right away, just with their pitchability and with their pitches they can throw. I think they're very tough at bats for hitters, me included. It'll be exciting to see coming into this, uh, this season, especially you'll get to see it in fall ball. We'll get to see it uh, early in the spring. But all, a lot of the seniors who graduated were pitchers, especially those coming in from the relief staff. We know Ohio State has a great pitching staff. It'll be interesting to see some of the young guys who step up. We know TJ Brock is going to come into being a senior leader. Uh, he's been a fantastic closer for you guys going in. He's just one example. Um, but all, all those guys, how excited are you for the amount of talent that you have coming in to replace those seniors who are leaving? Oh, I mean, certainly we're going to miss those seniors like crazy. They were great. Great assets for our team. But like you said, we got a lot of good young guys coming up that I know will be just fine. They'll have their roles and they'll be able to step in and fill those shoes, no problem. I think that they've shown throughout this year that they had the have the stuff and they have the ability to compete at this big Big Ten level. So I don't think that's gonna be an issue for us. I think we're fully confident in those guys to come in and do their do their job. And we know Greg Beals, like we talked about uh, two weeks ago, I think, with Crinton Burke, 
Greg Beals, like Ryan Day, is a guy who has an eye for talent. So going into his 12th season with Ohio State, you know he's got a plan for everybody on that staff. You know he's going to make them work and get the most out of them. So I'm excited to see that, and I know you are too, getting to first play against them in the fall scrimmages and then getting to play with them uh, in the spring. I think there's going to be a lot to look forward to for Ohio State baseball this season. You were brought into Ohio State for, for baseball, yes. But the other side of that, you are a student athlete, right? Let's focus on the first part of that really quick here at the end of this show here. Even while excelling in baseball for Ohio State, you maintained your academic success. We forgot to mention how much of a scholar athlete you were at uh, Dublin Kaufman as well. How did the staff at Ohio State accommodate your both your athletic commitments and your academic ones? I mean, they've been very helpful. I mean, we have an academic staff here at Ohio State and the uh, Sasser department in our uh, team academic advisor, Sean Swearingen. He's been very helpful to me and the rest of this team along the way. You know, he's helping us, you know, orchestrate scheduling and classes and tutors and when we're going to be gone for road trips and coordinating that with our uh, professors. So I think he's been very, you know, instrumental in my academic uh, career here at Ohio State. And I think also the professors here at Ohio State in general, they're always very accepting of student athletes and very flexible with us in our schedules and very accommodating to us, which has been very helpful along the way. Not that it's making class easier or anything, but it's certainly just making it easier for us and, you know, kind of our mindset of how we're approaching school and not being so stressed about it. So I'm having to do the work and do the exams and the homework and everything, but just being more flexible with us has been huge. And I think the professors here at Ohio State have made a huge difference in my success. You touched on studying on the road here. Walk me through that a little bit. What's your process for studying during a road series? Yeah, I mean, this past year is a little bit easier than most just because all classes were online. Um, so it wasn't as big of a difference as you might think. But, you know, previous years, freshman year is a little bit a little bit difficult at first, just kind of learning how to balance that between, you know, classes on Fridays that we're going to miss or classes on Thursdays that we're even going to miss at times versus exams on Friday afternoons and stuff like that. It's usually a lot of, uh, for me, it was a lot of trying to get stuff done early in the week and trying to get stuff done before we leave for road trips, like on Tuesday and Wednesday. So I didn't have as much stuff to do on the road. You know, there were definitely nights that I was taking exams in hotel lobbies or writing papers in hotel lobbies or, you know, taking quizzes in my room. I think, you know, it's kind of difficult at times to find that time and that space to do that. But I mean, we're student athletes, like you said, and it's kind of our job. So we have to get that done in any way we can. I asked you about this for Dublin Kaufman, but now focusing on Ohio State, who are some of your, I'll call them homework homies on the Ohio State baseball team? It's, I mean... I'm thinking guys that are in similar majors as me. So I'm a finance major here in the Fisher College of Business. There's guys like uh, Scotty Seymour, who just graduated, that he's a very smart, very smart person. I've kind of looked up to a little bit these last couple of years and just asked him for help and kind of helping. He's helped me guide me through the Fisher College of Business as well as what professors to go for that are very flexible and very accommodating. And there's also a guy like Will Fennick, who's in the same major as me as well. So just talking to him through classes and kind of what classes he liked, what he didn't like. and what homework he's doing, just stuff like that. So those two guys have been kind of good to bounce ideas off of throughout my uh, academic journey. Earning honors for both Big Ten and Ohio State regarding your athletic commit or your academics, excuse me, has to make you feel good that you're doing the right things. What advice would you give to some athletes who are both struggling now with it and incoming people? Like you mentioned, your freshman year was tough uh, with classes. Now that Ohio State's getting back to normal, like many universities where we'll have in-person in the fall, it's going to be harder to balance that that school and sports load. What advice would you give to those people uh, on how to balance it and succeed like you have? 
I think the biggest thing is just ask for help when you need it. Um, I think at Ohio State here, especially, we have tons of resources. We have tutors, you know, like I said, academic counselors that will help you any way they can. I think the biggest thing for me was just freshman year learning to just ask for help when I needed it. There is a class I was struggling in called food sciences. I'm not much of a science guy, so that class was a little difficult for me. And it was just as simple as asking our academic counselor, Sean Swearingen, hey, can I get a tutor for this class? And he said, absolutely, line me up with it next week. I was in with a tutor, you know, two times a week, helping me out with that class. I think it was just, that was huge for me, just knowing how much they are willing to help. Just help my mindset a little bit, help me not stress out as much about the classes. So I think asking for help is the biggest thing. When you need it, they'll be more, more than willing to help you out. And chances are you're not the only one in the class. I know it's cliche, but you're not the only one in the class with the uh, with that question. So asking helps everybody. Um, it's always something to keep in, in the back of your head when you're in class, I think. Last thing, I'll leave you here looking forward to the season. We already talked about the freshmen and the young guys who are going to come in and fill the shoes of the seniors who have left. What are some of the goals you have for yourself next season in your final year here? Um, I think the big thing is just continuing to improve on everything I've built so far. I think I've improved a lot defensively and a lot offensively this past year. Um, so I think just one of the first thing is just continuing to build on that. You know, there's strides to be made still and progress to be made. I think I'm still figuring out a few things in my swing, if it is, and I think just continue to build on those and also just coming into more of a leadership role. You know, now I'm one of the older guys on the team. I think they're younger guys will be looking up to me as more of a leader. So I think just continue to develop my leadership qualities and to help those young guys as much as possible is another thing I'm going to be trying to do a lot of. Sounds like you've got a plan and you know exactly what to focus on. So wish you luck. Good luck with the, uh, with fall training. Hopefully you get a couple, uh, a couple swings and a couple homers off of Lonsway and Burhan, just so you're able to have that competitive bragging rights there. Hoping you get to do that. And then, of course, good luck this season. I'm sure I'll be in the, in the stadium for some of it, but good luck on it. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Make sure you're tuning in to Hang On Soupy. The audio version of the weekly episode releases on Wednesday on scarletandgraysportsradio.com under the podcast section on the website and the SGSR SoundCloud channel. Also, if you like to watch instead of listen, the video goes out on IGTV and YouTube. On Fridays of that week, all of that right around 6 a.m. is the release for those. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at HangOnSoupy. We have our summer giveaway going on once we reach 800 followers on the Instagram page. We'll be giving away three $50 Amazon gift cards to help with that online shopping that we all know and love. Marcus, I can tell you're a big online shopper, right? And a $50 Amazon gift card would do some good, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Get you a new pair of batting gloves or maybe some cleats or whatever else you need there to, to up your game. So make sure you're getting involved with that as well. I'll see you next week on a brand new episode of Hang On Soupy. But until then, I'm Caleb Spinner. That's the show. I'm out of here. <laughs>